Welcome to the Healthy Dog Pod. Today we have Michael, the founder of Save a Life, and has recently set up Adopt a Dog AU. Welcome to the show, Michael. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself. How you got into uh, this industry? Oh, thanks, mate. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Michael McTeague. I'm the founder of Save a Life Dog Food. Uh, we're a small family-owned and operated uh, dog food company based here in Sydney. Uh, what we do is we make a, a range of natural food and treats for dogs, um, keep half the profits, run the company like a normal company, but then give the other half of the profits away to smaller volunteer-run rescue groups and shelters across the country to help them save and rehome dogs. So dogs, I should say. Um, so kind of an, an unusual business uh, in the in the world of, of big multinationals um, that that kind of dominate the the food the dog food industry. But you know we've been around for about five years now and um i started the the company uh with my wife or actually it's almost six years ago now because uh, we thought we had a really interesting way of helping rescue dogs uh, we've got dogs ourselves um and and just thought it was a really kind of cool concept everyone needs good food for their dog everyone needs you know nice treats for their dogs um but if you can help a, a rescue dog in the process of that um I, as a consumer, thought that would be kind of cool. It is, isn't it? Like we've uh, we've probably, as dog owners, all seen the Save a Life bags in the stores, and uh, one is a great logo; it grips everybody. But yeah. it, as soon as you see that big fifty um, percent off, uh, sorry, sorry, fifty percent towards uh, rescue dogs, it does. It's a great um, it's a great way of grabbing everyone's attention because it's such a great cause. Yeah, and I I love. <laughs> going in the car, buying it, and then going online and typing in the code Check and you actually code. get to see which dog you're helping, which dog that money goes to. And you feel so good. You're like, oh, awesome. You know, I'm helping this rescue dog. I think that's that's great. Yeah, thanks. It's 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 uh, bringing it a bit closer to people too, I think. So, um, whether you're able to rescue a dog yourself or not, this is a way you can help um, if you can't rescue a dog or if you've already got dogs yourself. You can support a really good cause this way. Yeah, yeah. And then people are, are, are blown away when we start telling them about some of the numbers. As a, as, a, as a wealthy country, we don't do a great job with abandoned dogs. So um, about 200,000 get abandoned every year across yeah. Australia. Um, That's massive. They, sorry, 200,000 end up in shelters, I should say. About 110,000 of those are then truly abandoned. Some get reunited with their owners, but uh, about 110,000 don't. Um, and then about 44,000 of those dogs, uh, 44,000 of those dogs um, are sadly euthanized. So yeah. for, a, for a wealthy country, it's a huge problem and, and something that's that's not a you know a great shining light on, on Australia. So that's- part of what we do is trying to, to shine a light on that. It's a really good, uh, yeah, it's a really big, issue i suppose in this country i mean as well like the biggest reason why dogs end up in shelters get abandoned and eventually essentially uh, get euthanized is behavior it's the the number one cause for that and um as trainers and behaviorists this is something that we're really up against um trying to promote um education around dog behavior in the first place is going to be a big factor in terms of getting on top of that because without education and the public um on how to, um, you know, handle problem behaviors. But one of the things we're trying to do as a company is really try and be uh, what we call preventative care. So right from when the puppy's born, do you do you know how to set that puppy up for a win? Mm. Um, 
is our way of getting on top of this issue. I think uh, it's essentially we're all trying to do the same thing. Mm. Um, you know, you've got the same goal of trying to get dogs that are in rescue situations in better conditions and essentially fewer of them in, fewer of them in there. Mm. And we've got the same target as trainers and behaviorists, like keep that dog in the house and, and create a happy relationship so that it doesn't end up in those circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, people's changes in their personal circumstances, um, behavior issues because of people getting the wrong type of dog for them at the wrong time in their life is, is a massive problem. Um, you mentioned a adopt a dog, um, at the start of the, the, the program here. Uh, that's something that we've just launched. So Save a Life is a food company, yeah. uh, but part of the stuff that we do is, is try and help rescue dogs whichever way we can. So we've just launched a, a, a portal off our main website called Adopt a Dog. So there's uh, about 1,500 dogs on there now from rescue groups all across the country. And um, people can go on there and, and look for uh, rescue dogs that, that might be suitable for their family. So we've got all these filters, um, you know, do you have kids? You know, how old are your kids? Do you have other pets? You know, what's your what's your living situation? Those kind of things. So that uh, one of the things that, that we're trying to do to stop the abandonments in the first place, that's that's kind of trying to stop it up the, the front of the funnel is, is to get the right dog with the right person at the right time of their life, yeah. Big factor. Yeah, it's huge. So if we can just, you know, it's just like three or four questions people need to ask themselves. But um, if you're, a, you know, a, a guy in your young 20s and you're working 80 hours a week and you live in a studio apartment, you probably shouldn't get a cattle dog. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's going to be a, an issue. And, but people don't know and that. that yeah. It is exactly. an issue because yeah. there's typically a tradies dog. Yeah, yeah, know? and and they each each breed has a typical uh, type of owner, of course, and each type of owner generally taught, towards uh, goes towards a certain type of breed, and we have all these stereotypes. Um, but I think that's how much dog ownership we've got to acknowledge how much dog ownership has changed over the last. Uh, 20 years it's not the same as it used to be yeah we don't just leave them in the yards no um we're involving them um, in more and more life um and so actually i think one of the things i always try and promote with um dog owners i got a little rescue dog myself and what i did was be really honest with myself as to what my circumstances were i mean i rent so i wanted a small dog i love exercising but i actually realized that's my time for me i don't really mm. want to exercise with my dog mm. So now I've got this tiny little fluff ball that's, that's a pub dog. <laughs> he, he's essentially the best pub dog ever because he's lazy as hell. <laughs> um, but what I did was actually acknowledge what were my circumstances? What do I really need before what I want? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's exactly what, we, what we're what we trying to get people to do. So we absolutely believe that every home should have a dog. But then every dog should have a home. So it's just just getting people to ask them that those those couple of questions. You, you did a really good job with your questions yourself. That's that's impressive. Um, so if we can just get people to ask a couple of questions about their lifestyle and their living circumstances, and then just try and match the dog with that. Well, this yeah. is the reason why I don't have a dog yet because I don't have the space for a dog. Um, I don't have the time for a dog at the moment. I have a little rabbit. Um, <laughs> but he's perfect for me at the moment because, you know, I'm in and out and he's a lot easier to look after than a dog, but mm. I eventually want to get a dog, but I want to get the right type of dog. I want to have the right house. I want to have a yard that I can, I've dogs out a few times where I've had to, um, be on the fifth level and then take the dog out to the toilet at 12 o'clock at night. And that's <laughs> not quite fun, is it? <laughs> in the freezing cold. <laughs> so, you know, I want to get the right place to have a dog. 
Um, and I'm not rushing into it either. I think a lot of people, you know, they've had a type of breed when they're younger mm. and then they're like, oh, you know, I'll get that breed because I had it when I was younger, but it's yeah. probably not the right breed for them to for have. For them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. And the apartment situation is a perfect example of that. You know, if you're bought up on a quarter acre lock, uh, lot up in the suburbs and you live in the inner city now in a small apartment, there are dogs that suit that environment really well. That's yeah. Right. But it's probably not the same dog that you had when you're no, that's uh, right. a kid in the burbs. Yeah. And um, I think as well, a good education around, you know, the fact around behavior, uh, just education that it can behavior is not guaranteed it can change at any moment you know the dog goes through life stages and the behavior will change and just because you sign up to a certain breed or anything in particular you've got to listen to the individual it will it, it is an individual it will do its own thing mm. and you might end up with a circumstance that you didn't plan for um and that's where you, if you overimpose your your will and your life on that dog and it is hating it, that's where problem behaviors can come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually just a bit of education on that to, so that people don't rehome the dog purely because it didn't meet the standard that they set in their head would go a long way to keeping these dogs in the home. Um, because people, I find, they, they almost give up. I mean, you wouldn't bring a child into the world and just give up on it mm. because it didn't fit your life anymore. Um, and I feel like a dog is exactly the same way. They, they are, they're individuals, they're, they're animals, they're living things, and they can make choices, and we've got to respect their needs. Um, so this is where, you know, I mean, you've talked a few times, and I'd love, you know, this is where we sit down and uh, we always talk about this sort of thing, and... We're trying to find out ways, aren't we, to work together? And it's always <laughs> yeah. fun. So this is where I think you know projects like yours and mine and Sophie's can really come in, dovetail together, and you know, like today, just sit down and actually get a message out there. It's a pretty consistent message, just yeah. coming from everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm glad you talk about commitment because it is a commitment. You know, that the, the, one of the first things we put on adopt a dog is this is a commitment, both financial time personal you need to be in the right headspace for it but there are so many positives that can come out of the, the getting a dog too so you know mental health exercise you know love unconditional love that you know they're great they're great to have around so yeah um but you know the the training part is is a big part of it because every dog needs to be trained yeah, yeah. otherwise it, it, it does cause issues for for you and and, and that's when it sometimes snowballs out of control a little bit if, if people haven't had the, uh, either the time or the ability to, to train their dog from a very, you know, small pup even to when they're, you know, still uh, elderly, if you want to call dog yeah. elderly. You know, yeah. it's still important to, to train your dog uh, so for everyone's sake, I think. That's it. And uh, when that dog comes out of a, um, a shelter or a foster home and is getting rehomed, um, you know, most people, I think dog, uh, it's fair to say that a lot of rescue dogs, rescue dogs in general have a stigma, um, you know, or it, maybe it's damaged goods or something like that, but it's not always the case. Um, it's like any dog, uh, that dog was a puppy once. Yeah. It came from a breeder, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, uh, somehow magically now 18 months and rescue dogs are broken. It, it was a puppy. It came from somewhere and it is it's fair enough to be able to train a, uh, a dog that was a, come from a breeder at 18 months. It's as easy there as it is a rescue. We just actually have a clean slate, which yeah. is even easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, it hasn't got any prior learning of that environment. Um, sure, it might be carrying 
some stress because change of circumstances will bring inevitably stress change brings we all know that but um allow it to recover allow it to rest i think some one of the big mistakes and pitfalls people fall into is they'll get the dog um, and then they'll ask it to do everything that they want it to do in its life in the first week and almost set it up to fail right they'll bring it out and throw it in the deep end and go oh shit that's not the dog i wanted of course it's not. It doesn't know where you, you are, who you are, what your name is, <laughs> where you live. Still getting to know you, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Give it time. We normally say about three months. Yeah. Sounds about right. 12 weeks for the dog to learn weekly patterns and things like that. And in those first three months, the dog is um, not trying to do anything but actually figure out how to survive um, and just live, stay alive and see where it fits in yeah in the, in the pack kind of scheme of things yeah, yeah. yeah it's we have a section in adopt a dog which is kind of like uh, myths yeah trying to get people through some of the myths and and the number one is uh, one of the big ones i should say is is that people th- think there's something wrong with a rescue dog that's that's why they think it, uh, there's something there's some issue with it but the number one reason the dog gets abandoned and it's been proven time and time again across countries is, is change in per- personal circumstance of the owner yeah yeah uh, a relationship breakdown, a move, some big change, you know, new job, some big massive event in in the owner's life causes a disruption for the dog somehow, either, you know. So, um, and that's when pe- pe- behavioural issues start popping up, or people say, "I just can't handle this anymore," and and that's when dogs uh, get abandoned. So, the, you know. Max, our dog, yeah. is a perfect well, maybe not a perfect example, but yeah. <laughs> <Not> Max. <laughs> Max, Ian knows Max. Uh, Max is a perfectly healthy, lovable Labrador. Yeah. And he yeah. was six months old and, you know, he he did chew a bit, granted. Yeah. So, but age appropriate behavior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, someone um, let go of Max and there was absolutely nothing wrong with Max. Yeah. He's a beautiful dog. A um, little bit he's, crazy. He's a legend of a dog. He is, <laughs> he's, he's all dog. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the best way to put it. all dog. <laughs> he's all or nothing. Yeah. Um, and it's, but he's a great dog. And, you know, you you took the time. You, you took on a dog that was six months old and you put the time and effort in and were patient. And that's what it took. And you did the same with Missy. Mm. Um, you know, that's how we originally met uh, yeah, yeah. four years ago now. Um, What's Missy? What type of dog? Oh, Missy is our other rescue dog. She's our older oh. one, yeah. Oh, um, but um, she yeah. actually plays into the stereotype a little bit because she's a three-legged dog. Um, so, someone abandoned her with a crushed leg when she was four weeks old at a vet. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, and one, and one of the rescue girls. Well, you know, on the bright side. Yeah. They took her to a vet and said when, you know, they let go of her as a responsibility but at least they took her to the vet yeah um and from there one of the rescue groups that we work with a really quick thinking vet nurse um called them and said hey i've got this beautiful little staffy cross fizzler cross something um (laughs) and unfortunately you know she's going to be euthanized unless someone can step up and 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 save her and they they had a bit of money from us donating to them so they could afford to take her on board they had to amputate a leg at that point which is about a five thousand dollar operation which is a lot for a volunteer organization yeah Yeah. um but they did it and that's what these rescue groups do they do wonderful things like that i mean that 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 scenario plays out a thousand times a week across australia yeah um and if we can as save a life get money into that grassroots level to groups like that, they can do stuff like that then, yeah? And they can do it again the next week because, you know, we've given them some money. So we hope, 
that's what uh, that's what we can help yeah. do. And Missy, really, I think really early on, Missy was, I think, a bit of an eye opener for you. Yeah. Um, you know, get to see firsthand. You know, I think you'd already set up Save a Life. Yes. But um, she definitely opened your eyes into the rescue world and you know desperate circumstances like that. I remember when you were talking about it back then, and it's like, wow, this this is actually happening. Yeah. And yeah, being that kind of cemented the project even further didn't it <laughs> yeah she's uh again she plays in the stereotype a little bit uh what we're trying to say with you know because she's a three-legged dog but she's a very striking looking dog yeah and and everywhere we go people kind of ask her story so she's a she's a great ambassador for mm. those little rescue groups and some of the things they do um and no it's just it's you know, literally every time i take her for a walk someone will stop me and ask about her story so i get to tell them about rescue dogs and stuff like that and the process of doing that which is great because some people hadn't either haven't heard of rescue dogs or don't know that that's a, an option yeah for them so yeah, she's, she's i think great. it is a great option um you know i deliberately i'm going back to my dog but i deliberately got a, a dog that was older yeah. we're, we're not sure how old he is when i got in between seven they sold me between seven and nine um but you took your time as well you know oh yeah with looking for the dog that you wanted which was great. Yeah, that's what everyone should be doing, not just jumping straight into it. Yeah, I I re- recognised what I wanted and then contacted a rescue and said, asked them to uh, to let me know if anything with this kind of criteria came along. Yep. And um, I waited. I waited about a month and a half. Mm. Um, but the but the the fact that he's I love the fact that he's older. I yeah. actually don't know. I might, I might get a puppy in the future, but taking on the older dog was, it just felt like an amazing thing to do. I, I, it was completely self-indulgent. <laughs> I, I love, but but I that's great. So senior dogs are kind of the harder ones to rehome, yeah, yeah. because every, you know, a lot of people are looking for puppies. Um, but you know, senior dogs are great. They've they've already. They're already done most of their living yeah. and they're chilled and, you know, they're great to be around and they're not so high energy. Perhaps they don't need to be walked as much, but yeah. That's it. And, and you know, what did we say? I say he's eight and then we're going to middle, <laughs> right? Um, if these little dogs, he's probably going to potentially could live another eight years. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm not getting a dog at the end of his life, especially, I mean, if anybody sees him, we can stick a photo up on social media of him because when we got him, he had liver, kidney problems. He was flea bitten from the back end and just had 13 teeth out. <laughs> you know, I might as well pick, just got him picked up Gollum. Uh, <laughs> but um, but he, uh, but he's a gun of a dog now. You look at him and I thought I was getting a scruffy dog, honest to God. Like I, I thought I was getting this um, like a scruffy terrier. Yeah. He's a fluffy. Yeah, right. Like, All right. Okay, mate. <laughs> Off we so... go to the pub. <laughs> I think that's because his back end was shaved, so he looked kind of like a lion. It wasn't at the shaved, front. mate. It was flea No, flea. Yeah, uh... but it was. Yeah, it was balding. That's what I mean. But like the front, he sort of like looked like a little lion mane on him. And yeah. then when he grew out, he was just this big fluff. He did actually look like he'd had a tutu pulled up over his head. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no. You're going to have to put up a, 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 oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, great photo. Put up, but it'd be good to show people the transformation in you from the time you got him to yeah, the time yeah. he, what he looks like now because a, a lot of people don't realise you know, what a difference you can you can make in some of the lives. You would not recognise it. Yeah. It's um, amazing. Yeah, we'll put the photo up for sure. Um, you know, and this is it, like bringing a dog in uh, to the home 
like you said a minute ago, there's so many benefits. It's scientifically proven. It reduces anxiety and stress. Every time you pat your dog, you get a chemical reaction of oxytocin. So does the dog. It's an amazing bond. And bringing a, bringing a pet dog into your home um, is meant to be is 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 meant to be one of the best things that you can do in life. Um, and uh, you know, I think um, I, I read a stat uh, just the other day. I think it was. 38% of homes in Australia have got a dog in. Uh, oh, that, wow. That's quite a lot. That's yeah. Nearly 40% of yeah. the homes. In, but that means um, that, that means we're a dog-loving country. And I think yeah. if the love's there, um, then there's a care factor. And then if there's a care factor, then we can, we've got a really good market to educate. Mm. Um, and so I think as, mu as much as there is a problem, there is a problem that there's too many dogs in the shelters. But I feel like we can get on top of it because people care. I mean, you know, people invest in their dogs so much. Where was it recently? Um, I think it was the <coughs> Netherlands or something like that. They've reduced all the shelter dogs in the world. Yeah, Netherlands, the Netherlands are the first country in the world to declare themselves to have zero strays. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they did it. I didn't actually Isn't read it. Isn't that amazing? Like, Do you know how they did it? Um, I think they said they um, just desexed a lot of dogs and tried to you know, go through rescues and... Um, stop people from buying from breeders and younger puppies. And then, yeah, they've stopped all the strays, which is, I read it. I was like, what? It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, they've done a good job. Yeah. So the, there's like a myriad of projects that they put in place, though, from, like you said, yeah. dissexing to changing, you know, uh, ownership laws and, 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 you know, how people acquire dogs and, and where the second highest percentage of uh, households that have pets in the world so it only kind of take like a little bit of a swing in that to rescue dogs to kind of clear the shelters it's it is literally an education kind of thing and 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 getting the word out about about rescuing and adoption as an option because it the netherlands has proved that you can do it um and i don't think that us in australia we should not be far behind that i think we should be able to, to get there absolutely i think there's you know i think Kind of look at it as there's three factors to consider. You've got um, the, the general public and education in terms of that, in terms of how to actually look after the oh, the mental health of the dog. I mean, so many people understand how to look after the physical needs of the dog, but physical needs don't really cause that many problem behaviours. Understanding the mental needs of the dog and emotional needs of the dog will keep dogs happier and stress-free, and so problem behaviours will go down. Then you've got the actual situation we've got currently with in terms of rescues and breeders um and education for them and actually you know like yesterday um i was in sydney dogs and cats home and we were just going through with uh with their team how to interact with the dog uh calmly with the goal of actually setting this dog up setting these dogs up for the best possible chance to be rehomed so hyperarousal, big issue in rescues, yeah. uh, really intense environments. In a shelter, yeah. And um, by if we can teach the, them at that level, you know, but when you greet a pe person, it's positive and calm. Then by the time they're getting into a home, they're greeting people. The, d the dogs are so comfortable in the presence of people that they're just relaxed. Mm. And we don't have to be corrective. Um, because that whole mentality shift of if we go in calmly and, and actually set them up for a win in the first place means we don't have a correction-based um, mentality. 
And that means, again, even just if we're looking at, if we were ever going to have come across a situation where we're really stuck, the one, they're not in that situation, they're less likely because they've put in the care and preventive care, but the headspace is different. It's no longer, I've got to fix this problem. It's, I've got to help the dog. And that means the dog is less likely to get rehomed. It's a language in their own mentality. If we can start to literally change the inner monologue in their head of the public and the rescues, then to, away from dogs are trying to be naughty, um, we can probably stop dogs getting rehomed so much. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, and then the fa final factor, I think we have to get councils on board. Yeah. Like uh, on a government level, there needs to be some sort of... Um, reason for people not to just backyard breed yeah. well, i think didn't they bring in place you have to have a you have to sign up to get a breeding number now to sell the dog every, every state has every a state. slightly different version of, of laws which yeah. uh we've struggled with with adopt the dog because some have a breeder identification number some have a source it's all a bit kind of all over the shop with with state-based laws um which doesn't help when you're trying to do something yeah. at a national level, but you know it, it's 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 steps. Yeah, some states are doing really good jobs of of doing things, and and you know I'm I'm really hopefully I think of myself as practical. While we'll while we will tell people and 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 try and put forward rescue dogs as the best option for a new member of your family. Sometimes understand that that's just not right for a certain situation so if someone's going to get a dog from a breeder if we can just get them to one that's doing it ethically yeah. and where the animals that are, are the fathers and the mothers are in a good situation then i think that's the best outcome for everyone yeah is the last thing you kind of want a puppy farm yeah 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 brutal. i mean that's it we there's critical learning stages of the dog's life um and they do make a huge difference even the genetics so yeah. proven these days that um the dog, the puppy in the womb gets affected by the hormones of the mother. You've got the critical socialization stages. You've got uh, the adolescent stages. And, you know, I think it's really important, again, like where we get our dogs from. Um, the, you know, we don't, we do want to avoid those backyard breeders because the, genet the, the parents are probably not exposed to the world as much. You know, they're probably living in poor conditions then when they're born they're not going to be socialized very well um i think i've mentioned this in a couple of episodes before but we'll go through it again it's uh the the kind of it's not so much that you when when you bring a rescue dog into the situation into your home and say it's get scared of something a lot of people go oh maybe it's scared of that individual you know maybe it's been uh, abused by a man or something like that some uh, i think as while that could have happened um it's also more likely that it probably just didn't get exposed and so has no learnt coping skills. Yeah. So these, again, it goes back down to education on, you know, in our foster carers, in the, in the rescues, if these guys can actually really understand that socialising is about exposure, calm exposure and creating positive experiences, not hyper-arousal and running around, mm. um, then we set these dogs up to, again to get rehomed more easily and not likely to come back into a rescue situation in the future. So ideally, once we've got, got a dog rehomed, it sticks. Yeah. And we don't want it like a cereal. No, no. The last thing you want for, you know, that's that's traumatic for the dog and for the family, yeah. If, it, if they have to take a dog back out of a situation, have it come back into a shelter, that's not great for anyone. Yeah. Nobody wins there, do they? No. no. 
Um, yeah, so it comes back down to that education factor. And if we can, I think that goes, I, I know I emphasize it a lot, but that mental health issue of if we learn how to look after the dog's mind on every level, you know, on the from the owner's level to the foster carer's level to the shelter level, um, we can really set these dogs up for a win. Um, yesterday I was working with this um, beautiful Amstaff, great dog, lovely dog, really friendly, really nice. Um, and he couldn't, but he couldn't focus on anything. Um, and it looks like to the naked eye, to, to the general public, that this dog is really energetic. Mm. And I'm looking at a dog that just can't actually settle. It's right. not, he's not full of, he's got no more physical energy than the dog next door that's asleep. But his brain's stressed. And when we took him out of the kennel, he's hypervigilant and he's looking around. And But every single memory he's forming while he's in that frame of mind is a negative one because he's stressed. And so I said, I explained to this team, I was like, he sh probably shouldn't have gone out that day. Sit in the yeah. kennel with him, you know, let him go for a pee out the back, but bring him back in and just play some calm games with him. Make him have a good day. And a good day doesn't have to be running. That's, that's what I'm getting at with looking after I the think, mental health. I think that's what everyone thinks, you know, when their dog's running, they're happy. Yes. It's not always necessarily the case. No. Yeah. And um, yeah, if we look after that side of it, it's so easy. And how many people are trying to keep up with their dogs physically? Who ends up more tired? <laughs> <laughs> you can't win. I'll outrun you. <laughs> so there's a lot of myths about owning a rescue dog. So can you just run us through a few of them? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we come up probably against three all the time, yeah, which I really want to try and help people get by and understand so that they can they think about rescue dogs as an option for them. So we, we, we touched on one earlier, which is that, that there's something wrong with rescue dogs. Yeah, that's that's not the case. You know, it's like I said, generally a change in circumstances of the, the owner that ends up making a dog get abandoned. But when you're looking for a rescue dog too, the things I hear all the time is number one, oh, I, I can't get a puppy. I, I, I don't want a rescue dog because I want a puppy. Literally 60% of the dogs on Adopt a Dog are puppies yeah oh wow we get like 30 uploaded every day people don't realize i think because of the first misconception about there's something yeah. wrong with the rescue they just don't assume there's any puppies and there's they're probably apes. assuming that if you're going to get a puppy you have to go to a breeder yeah so if we could actually make it a web you know raise a message that puppies are available not just from breeders um that's fantastic yeah that's huge as there's so many it's 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 actually surprised me a little just how many there are i thought probably we'd have like a quarter of the dogs and adopted doggy puppy there's literally about 60 percent wow um and they're cute little buggers too i get to see them every day as they're <laughs> uploaded I, got, I get these alerts with them all their faces on there which is kind of cute so the main reason why i follow uh his, his wife him on social media she's just every minute it's just puppies. photos <laughs> yeah. if you want to feed a puppies you can set up alerts on adopt a dog and they just come to your inbox if oh, you want so. i need to do this now yeah yeah please do it's, it's fun yeah so um, and you get to, but you know, on the, on the upside of that, you get to see all these beautiful little puppies that are they're coming. In. So that's that's a big myth that people think they can't get a puppy. Um, the second one is if they want an older dog, um, they they don't think they can get the dog they want. They just think there are, it's, you know, oh, rescue dogs is a mixed breed, and there are lots of mixed breed um, rescue dogs, which is a great thing, you know, yeah. in in some yeah. instances, genetics wise, you know, it can be helpful if the dog's genes are mixed. It weeds out a lot of problems. But if you are looking for a Labrador or you're looking for, 
whatever breed yeah. you want to you say there's you you probably either find one at your local rescue shelter um or because uh, the ratios in 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 shelters or in rescue groups mirror the population so it's lots of staffies lots of labs because they're the two you know highest owned yeah. dogs generally in australia um so you can always find one of those rescue shelter but even if you want something kind of obscure like a Dr. Bordeaux. Yeah. There's a Dr. Bordeaux oh, rescue. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. just type in <laughs> whatever kind of breed you want and rescue and there's probably a breed specific rescue yeah. that can help them. That's right. And I mean, most of them have got their own Facebook page. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, you can uh, literally go and get the breed you want and you don't have to get it as a puppy and you can go and get it as a rescue and do it, do a really good thing. Um, and that, that, like you say, I think that is a bit of a misconception. I don't, I don't want to mutt. Well, you don't have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, mutts are good though too. I've got one. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I love mutts. Um, but if you don't want a mutt, yeah, then, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I think you know, I think the point is like you know you can literally get the dog that you fits want. your life. Yeah. Yeah. As a as a rescue dog. Yes. And um, it, it if anything, it's you know it, it actually opens up more doors to possibilities. Um, and you know, like go back to earlier. If you're honest with yourself, this is what I want, need, and then you can go and look for that and be patient. I think, um, you know, as much as hard as it is when we all see a dog, we go, oh, puppy, and <laughs> pick it up and take it home and, oh, shit, rush that one. Um, <laughs> puppies are, I think people forget, puppies are so hard. Like, they're a lot of work. Yeah, they are. A lot of work. Yep. Yeah. 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 I've only ever owned uh, one puppy, um, and there were, it was bloody hard. Yeah. Django is not hard. Yeah, um, <laughs> you need to just be prepared for, yeah, exactly what you're saying, the yeah. dog that you want. They, take they need time. a lot of training. Um, you know, the puppies generally cry at night. You know, there's lots of great things about puppies, but yeah, people don't realize that, that they're like a little, little baby. Yeah, so, mm. <laughs> yeah, so they need a lot of attention. Um, and that's why sometimes an older dog is, is, is a better, better fit for yeah. someone's lifestyle or where they are in, yeah. in their life at the moment. It is. It's, uh, I think as well, it's a lot of investment in time. Um, you can throw as much money at that dog as you want, but it doesn't matter. If you don't invest the time, then you will set the dog up to fail. Yeah. Um, and that, but that's not just puppies. That's just it's every dog, every single dog yeah. that you bring into your life. Like, don't expect it to just be Robo Dog and walk in and go and just. <laughs> Sorry, what? Can you do I that know. again? Nope. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> he just, he just didn't. You can't see it, but he just did like the Robo dance in here, which was interesting. Yeah. I did oh, not apologise so for that. Good. <laughs> Uh, worth it. And what's uh, the third third myth? Oh, that, that were the three big ones. Oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. I can't count. <laughs> we did the first one earlier. Yeah, oh, right, got you. Got Thank you, you yeah. for saving me from my robo dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if people can't, you know, there, there's another option I want to tell people about if they're if they're not ready to adopt or you know their their work schedule or something doesn't allow them to. Um, there's other ways they can help their local rescue group. You know, from volunteering like going down to the shelter or fundraising advocating and then another great way that you can help out is fostering yeah. um, which a lot of people don't realize as, a, as an option as well where you can um, take a dog in so a, a lot of the rescue groups that we work with um, uh, are foster carer based so literally it's you, the dog gets taken out of the pound into the uh, rescue group's care and they place it in someone's home. So it's not in a shelter, it's actually in someone's 
home and there's literally thousands of foster carers around the country who do an awesome job because they are literally saving a life. So once that dog's taken out of a pound and into the, it's into a foster care situation, then another dog, you know, gets off death row per se um, and, and can take that place. So we're fostering a dog at the moment for, called Ted for Sydney Animal Second Chance Rescue. Um, and he, yeah, he, he had been a bit of a neglect case um, when he came into the pound, but they, they took him on and yeah, he was a bit flea bitten too and he's got uh, his back legs a little bit wobbly. But with the right nutrition and the right care and a bit of love and, and Max running around, <laughs> jumping at him every eight hours a day. <laughs> Dodging Max bullets every Dodging day. Dodging Max bullets. Yeah, well, Missy just looks at them both, just shaking her head. Um, you know, how, rel- how relieved is Missy right now for Max to just displace him to someone else? Yeah. <laughs> just like, thank God. Yeah, so, um, but he's really come, Ted has really come a long way and he won't be with us forever. He'll just be with us for a couple of months. Um, and fostering can be sometimes as short as a couple of weeks yeah. um, to a few months, depending on uh, lots of variables. The needs of the dogs. The needs of the dogs. The, you know. Who's, you know, someone has to adopt them. So you've got to find them the right home. So that sometimes can take a while. But that's a really good option um, if, you don't, if you're not up to a like, lifelong commitment. I feel like I'm a big advocate of fostering dogs. Um, I, love, I love it when people do. Um, one of the things that I actually try to uh, encourage people to do is say, for example, they've got a dog with, um, unfortunately, we see a lot of people try and fix separation anxiety by buying another dog um, when that might not work. And buying a dog and bringing a dog into your life full time is a big commitment and can potentially make pro- the problem worse. So what I often suggest in that situation is foster go and bring a foster dog in to see if your dog actually likes the company of another dog or if it, Mm. because then you can narrow it down. Does your dog take comfort from the company of a dog or does it actually need the company of a person? Because if you went out and purchased another dog and brought it in and all of a sudden you've got two dogs and you haven't resolved the initial problem and you're going to end up with twice the problem. Mm. Whereas if you go out and go, do you know what? I'm going to do a really good thing. I'm going to foster a dog. I'm going to bring it out of the, uh, I'm going to help a rescue out. Um, but you get to literally find out if this is it's a practical solution mm. to actually resolving your issue and the bigger issue. Um, I'm re- I love foster dog. I think I've got friends that yeah. do it and they often foster fail. Yeah. Um, and, uh, end up <laughs> which, is, which is when they keep it, yeah, after yeah. a while, which happens foster a lot, foster fail. fail. <laughs> but to all the foster carers that might be listening, you know, Congratulations and thank you. You guys Absolutely. do an yeah. awesome job. The the rescue group network that we work with wouldn't survive without those people. That's right. Wouldn't. So they're literally saving thousands of dogs a year, those, these guys. One of the things that I'm personally I'm putting together is um, some information videos uh, for uh, people that initially bring a dog into the home. Well, and it actually applies to puppies, foster dogs and rescue dogs. Um, but what I'm going to try and do is make this available to uh, everybody just so we've got some um and and actually trying to create an online community um you know we've got the community with this podcast as well and the idea is that we create a platform for people to lean on one another you know we've all most of us uh, especially foster carers they quite experienced dog owners mm. um but that doesn't mean that you're going to have all the answers i don't have all the answers as a dog trainer um i don't expect anybody else to either so looky look out for um platforms to support networks and this is what this podcast is this is what the social community that we're setting up is and um 
Yeah, and the videos as well. I'm just trying to help out as much as possible. So oh, that's keep, great. keep out, keep your eyes out for that, guy, everybody. Adopter Dog's been doing uh, great things now for uh, a short period of time, but you know you've had your long-term project Save a Life, which has been, as we said earlier, doing great work for rescues uh, for five years now. Um, what sort of products can we see from them, and how you know what what, uh, what can the public go and look for in the store so that they can do their part for rescues across Australia. Yeah, cool. So um, Adopt a Dog is a portal that sits off the Save a Life website. So just Google Save a Life or we're saver-life.com.au. So we are a different kind of company. We're a social enterprise, we're called. Um, and and the, the food that we make and the profits that are generated through that funds all this stuff that we do with the rescue groups that, that funds Adopt a Dog, that funds the development for, for that and, and, and keeps it going. So whether you have a rescue dog or not, uh, you can still help rescue dogs by, by buying our products. So you can pretty much go into any pet specialty store across the country um, and, and find us in there. We're in black bags, you get Save a Life on there, you'll, you'll see us on there and, and we have a range of, of food like uh, dry food yep. um, grain free and also an ancient grain range and we've got a huge range of treats as well which will probably sit in another part of the store so the food will be in the food section uh, the treats in the treat section um, all Australian made natural stuff great for your dog so it's good for your dog and, and great for rescue dogs so you can you can help us that way and and, and help us keep on trying to solve this problem by getting something great for your dog. So, you know, the one thing that I've always focused on with Save a Life is is making the best products possible. What we do in the background with rescue dogs should just be a bonus, yeah? Mm. So, you want the best thing for your dog and that's what we try and provide and then what we do with rescue groups is just something that I hope everyone appreciates and is happening in the background. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I, we use... We use the treats every day. Yeah, the chicken yeah. ones. Chicken ones. Love yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Oh like my a, gosh. They're, they're, they're like the big, biggest seller. We've got chicken training treats. In, yeah, yeah they're so good. I mean, I mean why am I saying this? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried them yeah, personally. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? The dogs. A couple of drinking games. <laughs> a couple of dares. <laughs> the dogs, they love them. They do love them. Absolutely. And as well as the, there's the natural range as well. You know, we, we're often, we're big advocates for uh, giving dogs long-lasting Choose, such as goat horns that you provide and yep. yeah that we we big when well, we've been friends for a long time now but we're also a big fan of your product which is a uh, really odd added bonus i guess so, thank you <laughs> yeah it's um no we're big advocates for your brand so thanks yeah um, so yeah if you've if you've got a dog or you even know you know someone who's got a dog um you can you can find us like i said in any kind of pet specialty store across the country just ask the ask the staff for save a life and i'm sure they'll point you in the, in yeah. the right directions you'll be getting something great for your dog and helping a rescue dog in the process so yeah you've done a great job great yeah job. i got a present for you guys to, to finish up with hey Aww. oh so i guess sizes but <laughs> Sophie, there's oh, one for thank you. you. We've got a nice Save a Life shirt here. But you've got to read the front though, yeah? It says, Rescued is my favorite breed. Hey. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> this. Yes. <gasps> thank you so oh, much. thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. This is beautiful. <laughs> so, it's a, it's a Save Aww. a Life shirt, but it actually, on the front, it says, Rescued is my favorite breed, which is a saying that we've got when people ask us what our favorite breed of dog is. So Brilliant. That's, oh, my God. That's like so that. nice. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thank you, thank you. so much for coming in today. Yeah, really appreciate it. 
And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Like we said earlier, we'll put up the other information links. We'll be uh, having a link direct to Save a Life and Adopt a Dog AU. And, um, yeah, thanks again. Remember, folks, a healthy dog's a happy dog. Ooh. And that was the pod.